When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Um, lads, how are we um, how are we going to spin this one? It's going to be pretty difficult. I mean, we literally called the last episode the start of a dream. I mean, whose fucking idea was that, mate? I could. We can do a bit of social media to back it up. I could write a blog. Um, uh, speak. No one's literally. There hasn't been a blog since two thousand eight. No, no one's reading blogs anymore. Uh, T, I, I think I called it the start of the dream because I was trying to be hopeful about the future. I wanted, I wanted us all to get on board with the Jose Mourinho gravy chain, but it's become the the Jose Mourinho shit train. Yeah, train derailment. There's been a massive tra- train derailment. Um, like the heat's got to the tracks and. Spurs have all fallen out and everyone's dead. Um, yeah, no survivors. There, there are no survivors. <laughs> There's no survivors. Uh, we better get on with the, the podcast. Eh? Anyways, yeah, go on then. Fuck, are we, are we recording? It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Hello and welcome to season ten, episode two of the Fighting Cop Podcast. This is this is the start. The last podcast we did about being hopeful about the season that wasn't the real 
that wasn't the real quiz. This is the real quiz. Um, where, you know, this is the first episode of the season, even though it's episode two. And um, it, it, everything's fine. Spook, everything's fine. T, isn't it? Everything is fine. Fuck is... trains, dots now. <laughs> fuck, fuck train? What does that mean? It means that everything that's in our way gets fucked. Do you think that from this point onwards, like the, the first game against Everton was uh, an issue, but from this point on, everyone's getting done. Everyone's getting done, mate. We got up just up all over the place. We got all the bad badness out in one one set of ninety minutes, two sets of forty five minutes rather, and that's it now. I'm I'm beaten for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's just like uh, like Ricky um, when when he talks about like when he's had a build up and he hasn't been able to release and he has a you know wank and then he releases the bad the bad stuff is what he says. What we what that was was Tottenham Hotspur releasing the bad stuff. And and now we can, as T goes on, go on to destroy everything in a wheelbarrow position. Yeah, mate. <laughs> it was Peter uh, North levels are bad though. <laughs> Splashing all over. Spook, the place. what is it like? You, for the rest of your life, whenever you do any any kind of interview or any kind of blog, are you going to always reference late early two thousand porn stars? I, like, I literally only have about three analogies, five metaphors, and and probably five go to. <laughs> people that I, I use i just repeat it rinse and repeat no one notices did uh spook did you write a blog about the game uh, I, I, the thing is i'm kind of a part-timer with it all now because i don't feel that we, i need to sit down and write <laughs> about football constantly uh because everybody's talking and writing about it anyway yeah but I, I had a little I pre, mean... pre post-match twitter not rant just just a, a therapeutic uh, autopsy, and then uh, today I feel a lot more mellow than I did yesterday, and I've done another other little thread, um, and that's probably nothing that, for now. I'll wait until a few more defeats, and then I'll, I'll go nuclear. Uh, Cheetown Spurs, he's, he's got a question. He says on Twitter, he says, "Does our fan base need to feel to learn how to take a loss?" T. Some factions, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not nice for your team to lose, but. I do often think if they had real problems in their life, how would they manage if they're losing the shit over a football team, losing the game? You know, it was, it's a bad defeat, but it's just 90 minutes. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've got my concerns about Mourinho, but all you can do is move on to the next game at this stage. The first 45 minutes weren't even that bad. No, 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 it was fine. We're going to come on to the game itself, but... Uh, Spook, do you, do you feel like there's there's some sort of philosophical approach to supporting a football club the size of Tottenham? Because it's different from following Bournemouth or Watford mm. or even even Aston Villa. That, that there's a level of expectation about, among our support that's been built up over years and years under you know well, three or four years under Pochettino and that that sort of couple seasons under um, Harry Redknapp yeah. that has led us to a position, including if you add all of the you know, the success of the sort of 70s and the parts of the 80s as well, that it means that there's a section of our fan base who either live through it and understand what we're missing now or who, who are children of the people who live through it and understand what we're missing now. And those, the kids, the, the people who, who never really see any glory are the ones that seem to be most reactive, especially if they're um, politically aligned to the right. <laughs> 
do you know what? It's, it, it, it's, there's about a thousand different answers to this question. And I, don't worry, don't fret. I'm not going to attempt to answer. Uh, <laughs> Give us one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll go for the one that resonates with me. I think with, with, with Spurs in modern times, they have the setup. They obviously have the fan base and they have all, all the tools to have the potential to compete. And that, that was proven, I guess, from the Martin Yo era up to Pochettino, there was, there was progression. There's tangible progression. And during that Poch, those core years, we, would, we truly believed we might win the title. Rival supporters felt the same. And, and when in your lifetime have you ever heard conversations around Spurs winning the title? It's it's pretty unbelievable. So maybe we did overachieve based on what we were actually doing as a, as a football club. And that was mismanaging the, the kind of transfer window to transfer window objectives and, and that kind of ruthless, let's fucking consolidate shit. Let's sign three players now just in case we have a lull and we're protected, but none of that happened. So I think the frustration, regardless of the generation you're from, is is definitely in, it's anchored into the present. It's anchored into this reality that we could do more. And and perhaps we haven't shown that compared to the likes of Liverpool, who knew what they needed to do to bridge that gap. And they went and did it, you know, and we were, we were potentially maybe ahead of them at one point. Um, so yeah, people can moan, mate. I've even you know there were people moaning after the Ajax semi-final. They were probably had we won the Champions League, people would be would be telling other supporters to calm down. Don't get. What are you celebrating for? We have got to defend it now. You know, there's always that mentality. There's always <laughs> that kind of angst and, and 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 people that that the commodity in life seems to be anger. It seems to be the fuel to drive your opinion forward faster and with more of a brute force than than being happy and maybe philosophical about, well, look, tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another game. Can't change the past. Move forward. Spook, you should write a blog about this. <laughs> <laughs> I might do. Let's see. No, no yeah, one reads should, should. No, that's true. You should just uh, actually do a YouTube channel. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, it probably fail. I don't know. There was another one of your contemporaries... Who um you know you you do you remember you still in drip drip style? Fest? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is he still alive? Yeah. I've no idea what he's up to these days. No, he started a YouTube he started a YouTube channel, but um he didn't know what the fuck he was doing because he's a uh, an old very sad little man. Anyway, um uh, J- James C Harris ninety seven. James Harris has written stuff for the Fighting Cop mm-hmm. podcast before. This is no that like, he wrote for a blog that matters. Speak. So if you <laughs> maybe you, you you start writing for the Fighting Cop, you'd be all right. Anyway. He said, will I ever feel happiness again? Of course you're going to feel happiness again, mate. Of course. And, and I get it. I get how bad this was. And this is, this is where I am philosophically because I, I watched that game, obviously, like we all did. And I kind of knew as soon as we went 1-0 down that it wasn't going to happen. And I've seen this Tottenham before so many times. So many, so many times. Um, and what you have to, to realise is... That we can't control this. None of us can control this. There'll be many podcasts out there. There'll be blogs being written. There'll be YouTube videos about people being angry and upset and furious at the situation. How dare Tottenham Hotspur go into a season with only two £12 million signings? How dare a club the size of Spurs be unprepared for a game against Everton in the Premier League? And and, and you might be right. You might be right. You, you, you know, I, I understand where the sentiment comes from. 
But if everybody is screaming and shouting at how bad everything is, it just creates a whole lot of unhappiness. So what I'm saying to you is, while we're not going to spin this result, it was fucking shit, it was horrible to watch, and we'll go into the semantics and the important points of the game shortly, but you can't just it's live your life getting destroyed by a, a, like, like a result affects you in such a way that your next two or three days are completely fucked. You can't do it. You can't. We've always we've always found a way of spinning or or making light of a game or or moving on to the next game when we've done this podcast, and it comes from a place of being able to forget or let go of something you can't control. Doesn't matter how angry you are at Enoch. Doesn't matter how angry you are at Jose Mourinho playing boring football. His system doesn't work. I can't wait for him to leave. The players we bought are not good enough. Harry Kane is going to leave at the end of the season. Um, Lucas Moura is a shit cunt. Uh, Eric Dyer should not be nowhere near our team. The only good thing he's done for us in three years is beat up his own fans. Whatever it is, you've got to let it go. You can't let something you can't control affect you so significantly. And I'm saying that from someone, uh, uh, from, from, from the, the, the viewpoint of someone who punched the floor of his front room when his missus and little girl was watching him do it based on his first result. I, I get it. I hate it. I hate it as much as you, but there's not much we can do about it. We can talk about it. We can um, we can pick apart the, the parts of a bad result, but ultimately, shit just happens in football. You've got to wait for your flow to come back. I think. Yeah, I think, but I think some of these guys, Flav, enjoy it. I think deep down, it's when they're at their, they feel they're at their their best is when they're getting angry at something, when they are scapegoating or when they are diverting attention onto a particular thing like the, the the chairman or the manager or this or that. You know, we all have expectations. We all we all enjoy football on different levels. There's different things about football we enjoy. At the core of it, yeah, it's about winning things. But not every every supporter on the planet supports a football team that wins things. In fact it's it's an elite The vast majority don't yeah it's an elite thing. But I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm not saying we should accept that we are contenders and pretend. Sorry, we're pretenders rather than contenders. I'm not saying that. Of course, I want us to win things. But it's splinters. I want us to win things with with a bit of style. I I want us to aim to get in the Champions League, not because I, I prefer top four to silverware. I just think to progress in football right now, you almost have to sell out a little bit. But I'd rather be playing Barcelona and Real Madrid away. Than, than maybe just focusing on the League Cup every season. And and that's where it gets... It, everything you said is is true, but I think some people will amplify certain things about it. Hence why you get supporters that say, I don't care how we win, as long as we win. And then we play shit football under Mourinho, and they moan about it. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> Mourinho's system isn't at full pelt because he hasn't got the players yet. He might never get there. But if he's working towards that, get ready for really mundane football that might might breed success. Are you going to stop complaining when all we're doing is winning, but the football's still shit? Because the football's shit now, regardless. So there's, it's an impossible conundrum. Well, and I think people, the thing just, is- emo- they let their emotions just run Riot and yeah, and you can understand it. You can understand it because they they feel so passionately about the football club. They do. They want Spurs to win more than anything. But the 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 nuances into winning 
are so minute mm. and so significant that you, you, you can't control it. And, 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 you know, a lot of people will say, well, you've got to be vocal. When things are going bad, you've got to be vocal. You've got to, you've got to lobby the club. You've got to have your banners outside the football club. You've got to march out when, when shit is going wrong. But by the same token, when things are going right, it has nothing to do with us either. <laughs> like when, things, when things are going bad, it has nothing to do with us. We can't do anything about it. And when things are going great, it's all because of what the people previously we've hated mm. have done. So, like, what, like it, it, I don't know. I don't know what my point is, really, other than the fact that you just, you just have to ride the roller coaster and there'll be ups and downs. Enjoy the ups, accept the downs because there'll be ups in the future. That that's 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 where I'm at really, and that's why I kind of after the game against Everton yesterday, where it just it was clear that we weren't gonna, you know, equalise, let alone win. That you just think, why well, this is the down bit of the roller coaster, uh, which is a massive like sea change from, um, the start of the Dream podcast that we did just uh, four or five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's go into the Everton game. See, let's pick apart some of the game before we move on to Plovdiv. Fuck me! I mean, if that is <laughs> Plovdiv, you know, I was doing. Like a, name, does it? I mean, or not? I keep getting it wrong. I, don't, I, don't, I never want to hear it again. But I was doing a podcast with my mate James. Um, we do a podcast on his YouTube channel called Jaffen. If you want to follow it, it's James Lawrence Alcott. Uh, his YouTube channel. And we were talking about Plovdiv, and I got it wrong. I said I call it Plodvid or something like that. And um, some bloke in the comments said, uh, "You're such an ignorant prick, Flav. You you can't even name the most lived-in city in the history of European humanity." I don't want to. It's insignificant. It doesn't mean a thing to me. This is proper Brexit, but fuck Plovdiv. And if we don't beat them, properly fuck them, like nuke them. Because if Spurs... This this is the most significant moment in Plovdiv's history. And if Spurs lose there, you've got to destroy the city. You have to raise it to the ground. It's over. Um, yeah, anyway, before that, um, Everton. Uh, Mourinho's first opening day defeat. Uh, another first of Spurs tee. Yep. I think he's going to have a lot of firsts of Tottenham. Um, what, what, what did you uh, overall what was your take homes from, from the game um, I haven't really got anything massively articulate or deep to, to really say but, yeah, um, but you don't have to it's but, just... you know you talked about that you know we wanted Mourinho we wanted a style of football but there's no path if we don't win so you know you've got Bielsa who played lovely football against Liverpool they lost but they've won hearts because of how they played, they kept attacking when maybe they should have defended. And Spurs had an element of that in Pochettino's early days. Although we lost games and we won games, the games we lost, we thought, well, we're building towards something. So we've put all of our chips in Mourinho delivering a trophy, delivering wins. But if it doesn't win a game, what have we, what have we achieved? Um, pretty much nothing. So, yeah, it's a bit... It's a, t- it's a tough one to take because um, we ended the last season so well. But it's just just one game, isn't it? Well, this is it, that, T. Like, in, in terms of, you know, like throughout the season, if you lose 1-0 at home against clearly a very good Everton side, and we'll come on to, the, to why it was frustrating to lose to a really good Everton side, given the fact that how bad they were the last time we played them, literally four months ago. Weeks ago, you mean? Um, Go on. Was it, it fair to muffle a lockdown? 
Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, whatever it was, it was it was wasn't that long ago, and their, their improvement was massive. Um, but it you it, it was just one game, and I'm not saying that, that the performance was horrendous. It was terrible, but the last time we played Everton and we played as badly as we did, and we won. We then went on to play the next 10 games and lose only one from that point. So I guess it's about how well you lose. Because John Bass was saying, is how, how well do you lose? You lose, if you lose, um, you lose well, you respond and win the next four or five games. Like, can we do that? And, that, and that, that's the thing. And if we can, it's just a solitary result and we all lost our heads and it was a bad day at the office. Because like previously, um, if you think the last... 10 or 11 games we played after the lockdown. There were a couple of really bad performances. Sheffield United away, uh, Bournemouth away, and even the last game against Palace. But in, in amongst that, there were some good performances. There were some dominant displays. And if you looked at the beginning, the first half of Everton, if 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 um, Ali had put that chance away, it was a great save, to be fair. But if Ali had put that chance away and Kane would have been on the end of that toe, and if we would have just you know played out the fact that Richarlison missed an open goal. If we'd have gone into that second half 2-0 up, it would have been a much easier tactic for Mourinho to play out, given how well he is at defending leads, how well he does at defending leads. That um that we would have perhaps been looking at a different game. I I just worry that we look clueless when we go a goal down. I mean, um we beat Arsenal after going a goal down, but that's because we equalised almost straight away. I just looked at the team and I looked, we're not going to score two goals without reply here. And that's what I guess was uh, was a depressing thing about it. But, you know, the plus side is that we've still got very good players in the squad still to come back. And maybe having lots of games will help, you know, get rid of the taste of defeat a bit more than yeah. having like, over a week to kind of ruminate over that dreadful result. One of the most frustrating things about this was the fact that Everton had made three new signings and they were all quality, weren't they? Jacore in midfield was dominant. Alan, especially, he, he. I think out of the three, a lot of people have been talking about James. Uh, but Alan was the best player that they, they I think had one of the match. that pitch. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't doubt it. And I guess, not. I guess the frustration from a lot of Spurs fans, like, which is warranted, is the fact that we played against a side who actively was, you know, went out and, and signed players, not least. An, an absolutely, like in terms of reputation, a world class player in Amos Rod- Rod- Rodriguez. That they've got three players there that influenced the game, and our two signings, although were decent, didn't transform us in the way that Everton's team has been transformed. Now, Everton were garbage, garbage they last season. They find, yep, they finished twelfth. They were terrible throughout the the remainder of the. Uh, the season, and suddenly you look like a new team because they've got quality players there. So why, why is it that we don't have seemingly don't have the ambition of Everton Football Club? And an answer would be is that they've got new on, new owners who seek to restore a a style of football and a level that Everton fans were historically used to. And you look at the same at Chelsea; they've got an owner who's willing to spend. He will spunk his money into it, um, and uh, also at Arsenal have, have signed well. Man United have, have signed Bruno Fernandez, who would have been perfect replacement for Ericsson. We didn't do it, 
We didn't get over the line. How much of this is Daniel Levy's fault? Speak. Um, all of it, I, I guess. Some of it. I mean, like in terms of, of, of the game, I think we're probably reading way too much into Everton. Um, they, the three new signings and the rest of the team, they obviously had a, a set plan. They, it was made ultra comfortable by by our pedestrian football. I mean, I know in the first half we could have we could have put away a couple of chances, but there was there was no real urgency or intensity or, or template. And because there's broken bits all over the team in, in the Spurs lineup, I think Everton had a, a bit of a stroll really. They just remained composed and 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 bided their time and got and you know scored. Whereas they took the control of the game though, didn't yeah, they? Because of their but, quality. But when when like like T or was it down to but well, we haven't look we haven't got like an Ericsson type of player in the middle to to kind of conduct and ping balls about and just sort of take hold of the creative hub of intelligence in the middle and so you know you 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 lose Deli Ali for whatever reason you know Lacelso's not playing and comes on later and in a couple of cameos I know he had one or two misplaced passes but he showed the type of inventiveness that kind of just that instinctive vision that, that we were lacking. So the the, the the Tottenham's football transitionally is 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 just fragmented to fuck. There's no flow to it. There's no style to it. So on the one hand, you can say it's the first game of the season. Lads, go out there, be expressive, be free to 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 you know run about a bit. <laughs> but Mourinho's so fucking stubborn. Even at Everton, at home, first game of the season, he will stick to whatever he thinks is the right formation and the right tactic. But we all know that he hasn't probably got all the pieces he needs to be able to play at a certain level to suck the life out of games and, and, and then counter and score, counter and score, counter and score. Yeah, but question. Hold on, because I'll, I'll, I'll get slated because I've gone off on a tangent. Like yeah, when you compare us to all these other clubs, they're they they're throwing they're throwing money at good players and they're improving their team immediately. Now we've bought two decent players who didn't particularly have great games. We're still missing other key players. We're still missing maybe a left back of a striker, someone else in midfield. Um, and I don't know what it is about Tottenham, or I do know what it is about Tottenham. When we go into going to the transfer market, we seem to make it absolutely impossible for ourselves uh, to get a player over the line. There's always a tricky situation or we're, we're talking to this play or we're, we're, we're profiling that play. Whereas everyone else, you hear about them being linked to a play and the next day they've signed him. So yeah, it does come again. It comes back to the in-house mentality, this kind of ruthlessness of let's get shit done. What do you need to, to, to have no excuse this season, Mourinho? I need these three players right leave it with me i'll get it done end of so okay I'd... well well, let, well we're, let, let, we've got a, uh, you know a fair bit to talk about in terms of potential transfer transfers and what we've done so we'll, we'll definitely pick up on this in in a second but what um it, we had in terms of our new transfers doherty and hoybier uh how do you think they got on uh t i thought that doherty had a bit of a slow start but I think towards the end of the first half, he was really imposing himself upon the game a lot more. If he'd have scored that charge, it would have been a really good goal. He started to make moves forward. Um, he seemed all right. I seen he came in for a lot of criticism, saying he's a mid-table player, and then all the rest of it. But if someone else had signed him, it'd have been fuming. I thought the first half was okay. The second half, I think, 
it was just a blanket car crash from everyone involved. Yeah. Um, Hoybier yeah, yeah. was another one who started okay. Second half was dreadful. Um, he actually completed the most passes in the game, but you probably imagine that there's two-yard crab crab efforts, you know. And um, he's also alongside um, Harry Winks, who's derided in parts of the Spurs fan base. So you're not really going to get much from them too. But they were signings that we needed. We needed a DM. We needed a right back. We got them. Um, you know, Mourinho after the game talks about a lack of a pre-season and COVID, but we're dealing with the same parameters as everyone else. And it just made it all the more frustrating. But I'm optimistic that those two will prove to be astute signings for us. No, I understand what you're saying, T, but they're, 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 we saw them for 90 minutes. They're playing for our football club, proper top football club. This is Tottenham Hotspur we're talking about, T. Yeah, they played their first 90 minutes for the football club. They weren't good enough. Get them out. <laughs> Get them out of my fucking Can football club. The pair of them. Tomorrow? Yeah, they're not good enough. Sell them. Let's buy some new players. Really, we need a fucking mental owner. Do you guys... I think Spook will remember this better than you do, Flav. But there's an owner for Atletico Madrid called... Jesus skill, yes. Jesus skill. Yes. He needs to sat managers like every fucking month. Absolute mental. That's what, like that. T, that, that's what we need. <laughs> no, we, that's what we need. That's that's what will make the Spurs fans happy. We need what we need is someone to come in like a mental geezer, like mental geezer. Pinochet. We need Pinochet. We need idiot. I right, tell you what we need. Fuck Daniel Levy. Get him out of our football club. He's not tall enough. He's not going to the air. Get him out of our football club, right? We need... What do we need, T? Idi Amin. Dust pot. Pole pot. Yeah, we just need a proper dust pot leading the club, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, we need someone who, who doesn't doesn't tolerate any kind of frailties. And, 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 and anything goes wrong, off with their head. Yeah, we need to bring back... Shit, mate. Just bring back the Tottenham Ultras and we'll take one of the players, we'll kidnap one of the players and demand a, a, a seat on the board. And, and when they give it us, we chop off one of their yeah, hands. The, the fingers. Let's start with fingers. Let's, let's make it fair. fingers first. Fing, pinkies, fingers pinkies first. first. And then, yeah, then we have a bit of say about who who we would like what? to see in the starting lineup. Who we well, I think might as well. What's that first player with your chain to a radiator? Harry Winks. Absolutely. Like that, yeah. It's always always Harry Winks. He won't he, he, he won't fight back because he'll be like. Oh, do you think you think you're gonna are you gonna tie me to the radiator too much? Is it too high? Is it, are you gonna tie me to the radiator tactically? Um, listen, the Spurs the, the, there are a segment of Spurs fans that would need a reactive chairman who doesn't tolerate two bad results on the bounce, and we need to get that. Doesn't matter how successful he has he's been in the bounce uh, in the past, rather. It doesn't matter if he's won twenty five trophies. He isn't good enough for Spurs. Not for our football club. Let's maim him. Let's 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 stream him like like brave style, bra- bra- uh, brave heart style. Arms, legs, head, four quarters of the uh, of the new stadium, and uh, he won't even get the chance to scream freedom because there's no freedom at Tottenham. <laughs> you're either in or you're out. I tell you what, we should develop the worst kind of socialism. You know, socialism in principle is a good idea, and it like everybody's equal. Everyone works for each other. People are, are less. You know, you know, are worse off than the rest of us. We just work for them, but let's be the the other kind, like the Stalin kind, where you're a dictator, where you like fuck, like let's pretend to be the actual kind of the good of the will, but actually let's fucking kill everybody who doesn't quite meet up to our expectations. I like that. Yeah, I, I like, like it too. I, I love I mean, it. The, the, the problem flab is that you might die. So, so oh, oh, 100%. If you're a podcast no, against I'll, the the club. 
No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. I, I'd, I'd feed directly into the football club. And, and it, well, I'd just keep myself alive for a long time. But I would die. And every element of, um, of, the, of the Spurs fan base that's on Twitter who is pro um, the capital punishment of anyone who fails to, to meet the very pinnacles of expectation will also be dead. Our fan base would be cut by a third. <laughs> And there'd be no fighting cock either. Uh, anyway, so uh, was this our worst performance under uh, Mourinho? Do you think? It's up there, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, considering it's the start of a brand new season, you want to see a bit more oomph, a bit more uh, a bit more of his influence in the dressing room. I'd love to have seen the pre-match team talk on, on this one. Like they come out and pedestrian as fuck. So... Um, based on the fact that everybody was hopeful that we will start seeing something uh, that looks like positivity and then we end up with negativity, then it's pretty, uh, pretty shit. Especially with some of the other results that were, were, were being churned out by the teams over the weekend. If you, if you could exchange Jose Mourinho for, um, or for Pochettino right now, would, would you do it? I, I I'd do it for all the wrong reasons though. Like I think, I think the, pro, the that's a cop. That's a that's a cop out. No, listen. Like we, the team that we we are watching right now is the broken team of Maurizio Pochettino. It's the remnants of his legacy that we allowed as a football club to to just break and 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 the roof falls in and, and the rest of it. And watching all or nothing, I'm trying to catch up with the last three episodes. Um, no spoilers, but it kind of in post Everton defeat has kind of made me realise. Hold on a minute, like maybe I'm being a bit too harsh towards Mourinho, even though deep down I know it's not going to work. Maybe I should just uh, uh, let's just see what happens because he's he, you see what he's got to work with. You're reminded about the defeats we suffered last season. A lot of them were down to individual mistakes. A lot of them were down to the fact that these players are still playing to systems that and ideals that they that they've been used to for the five years earlier and I know you're going to say well look, he's a top class manager he should be able to change things pretty quickly but I don't think that's the case I think there's a lot of work to be done so I'm, when I'm reminded of these things I then become sort of a little bit more mellow towards uh what I'm watching what I don't understand right is there are so many people angry with Daniel Levy and and uh and Mourinho what what happens in Spain when someone's angry at, uh, at one of their players for not being good enough? What happens to Gareth Bale when he when, white, when he left the? Chiefs. It wasn't even that. It was more extreme than that. Someone threw a shoe at his car. When is the last <laughs> time you've ever seen a Spurs fan throw a fucking shoe at Daniel Levy's car? Never. That's what we need. Not at least at least do something instead of just fucking Shoes moaning and cr- you love Tottenham. Love Tottenham. No, seriously, if you if you're if you're like if genuinely you feel so angry, don't go on fucking Twitter because no one gives a shit there. All you'll find is an echo chamber of people that feel the same about you, or a load of people are angry at you for for, for saying something that they don't agree with. There is no there is literally no activism in, in, in English football. None. What happens in Spain is people throw shoes at cars. And I'm not saying you should do this to get <laughs> make say, changes. It won't make, make it. Make that caveat. 
No, you need to throw a pipe bomb or a like a petrol bomb. That's the only thing that's going to make things different at Spurs. T, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> this might make season two of all or nothing given we didn't make this season. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we talk about that? Yeah, we can do. It doesn't matter because we'll just spoil it for him. Well, we've been usurped by uh, Last Word on Spurs because they're, 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 uh, Ricky Sachs is all over it, isn't it? Like, fucking gutted. I only did a podcast for 10 years. Not a single peep from not us. Not a single word, not a single note. Do you reckon it's, reckon it's that stuff in the banking chat and that? Yeah, I think, we, I think just... we swear a bit too much. No, I don't think it is that. I just think they're better than us. That's true. I think they're better than us. I think, I think yeah. we're, we're anyway, Mourinho. They're, 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 yeah, they're, and they're, they're Klopp. Fuck, that's a lot. Anyway, anyway, um, uh, I've got Plov Div. Well, what do we do? What, like going into this game, T. Um, would you make changes, significant changes, or do we go in with our weakest team that played against Everton? Uh, I think we'll probably have to make a few changes to freshen things up. Um, Sessingon wasn't in well, so go, at all. Go weak, go weaker, go weaker. You're saying? Uh, um, I guess you could call it a bit weaker. I mean, you're not gonna. I imagine the team that started yesterday is probably our strongest team. Aside from Lacelso, in terms of people available, but Cessna wasn't in the squad at all, so I think he'll probably get a run out. Um, maybe him or Sirkin, maybe put in Harvey White as well and Lamella. So I think there'll be changes. It won't be completely weak. Where like the high Redknapp days, where just be putting in people the never heard is, of. T. The thing is, apart from the extra inch, no one has ever heard of Sirkin. Like I don't even know what he looks like. Sirkin and Harvey White. I don't know what they are. I don't know what. I literally don't know what they are. <laughs> What are they? Tell me, T. What are they? Sirkin's got big legs. He's got big legs. All right, brilliant. So you're like, that, so we've got to put, we're going to put in <laughs> to help us get through the Europa. He's got Sirkin. He's got big legs and Harvey White. He sounds English. That sounds. He played uh, in all or nothing. Did yeah, he? Because I've watched he, it all and I didn't notice. That person who was eight, he was him and him and Key on the Tete. They were stood together. I tell you what. Hitching, I think if you've been past them. If you've been at Spurs since you were eight and you're not Harry Kane, you should you should have more admission. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, uh, Pl- oh God, uh, look, I, I, the only thing I want to talk about in terms of Plovdiv is Ndombele has to start. Actually, I don't want him to start. I want him to start the next Premier League game, but he has to start now because when he came on against Everton, he did the one pass that mattered throughout the entire game, which is he found Harry Kane in the space. Because he was just, get, let me get the ball and let me move it quickly. It's it's time for him to to come into the fore now, surely, Spook. Yeah, if he's if he's fit enough though, and it's, it's concerning because Mourinho in his in his uh, comments before the uh, before the Everton game, you know, he said he's been training hard, he's really impressed with him, and then Mourinho almost dropped in a little inception. As if to say, uh, as long as he continues like this, it just felt, maybe I'm reading too much into it again, but it just feels like Mourinho still doesn't trust him and he's, and he's waiting for him to, to fuck up again if that's what he's actually doing, if, if the guy's not able to, to look after his, uh, you know, his, his kind of preparation physically. And I don't know whether there's... We just don't know what's going on behind the scenes in terms of his mental state and whether he's just not happy at Tottenham. Um, I feel sorry for him. He's, he's a top player that came into a club that's in absolute fucking disarray. And he's not done much 
to make us believe he can he can cement his, his, his himself in the team week in week out, and yet he's the player that we should be building the team around. So yeah, play him, start him. Let's see what he can do um, across this this these these games. We've got a congested fixture list. If there was if there was a time to to to, to make use of some of these players that we've got question marks over, it's now um, because you're right. There's no one else that will look to play that ball quickly because we, there's, there's no one else that can see that pass, see that space, which is a little bit fucking tragic considering the type of football we were playing a few years back. Um, and then it obviously comes back to Levy again. Do we do we need another creative player in there or do we just wait to see for ourselves so I was ever going to be fit enough to play uh, consistently too? So it's, uh, you, you, you're making me feel fucking sad, man. Like this. No, I, I, you're... you're Spook, you're making me feel informed. Like you're 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 talking about like you know stuff. I don't know whether really... I don't think I do. I, 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 tactically. Well, let me finish. Let me oh, finish. Go, go, let me go, finish. Go, go, go. Sorry, I apologize. Let me finish. That's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you. But uh, you know stuff, Spook. But what like you, we could do stuff against Plovdiv. Let me know like, what players at Plovdiv are going to cause us problems. Is what I know, Spook. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucker. Listen. I have no, I have no intention of even watching this game. I don't know whether we can even watch it yeah, without sport. paying for it. I mean, okay, yeah. on the night I'm going to find a stream, like you know, no doubt because it's Tottenham. But I, just get through these qualifying games, and then we can look forward to to maybe going on a little bit of a cup run. But it's it, it, the the problem I've got is I'm sat here thinking, what if we fucking lose? What if we lose <laughs> this game? Do you know what I mean? Well, well, it, and it's not yeah, beyond... but you say that. You say that, Spook. But what if we do? Like, what what would you do? Because we we have been here before. I'd, I'd laugh, man. I've got nothing it, else would it, to give. Like, would this be the would would this be the lowest we've ever we've ever been ever? No, I mean we've been lower than this. In a, in a well, or, yeah. Well, what would be like like rack your bangs right now, both of you, T Spook? What would be the lowest we've been? In our like in our memory, if we lose to Plovdiv away in the qualifying rounds of the Europa League, um, can you think of anything? T, what would be the lowest, the, the worst result in this? Would it be Colchester last season, or would it be lower than that? I think, Probably um, lower than that. Then two points from eight games. Yeah, There's a few few know. results there. I think Udinese. Um, that, was, that might have been his last game actually. That felt a bit hopeless. Stoke, same same run of games. When we lost two one and Bale and Dawson got sent off, that felt pretty low. In terms of actual mm. results, I mean the Champions League, Chelsea in the Champions League doesn't really count, but that's when I probably really felt helpless. I really thought there's a chance we might get relegated there. Imagine, imagine all of us collectively as uh, as a, a fan base that you know we we just lost 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 to Plovdiv. <laughs> Uh, what what a night that will be but, on Twitter, we, man! Jesus. Yeah, well, but, they're, they're but lost, do you know they're what? Their last game. Oh, good, good. So, who did they play, T? Ludogorets. <laughs> okay, he's got notes. I can't believe you. He's got notes. I can't believe you pulled that out of the bag. He has made notes. He has made notes. <laughs> and do you know what? I love the fact that you've made notes about this game. You should do. You should. Do. There'll be other podcasts out there that have made notes. But um, you don't have to on the final cock. <laughs> but you know what? Though, um, to go back to sorry to go back to an earlier point about um, Ndombele, um I saw some stats today about our strikers. Um, Hyung Min Son has got two goals in ten. 
Lucas Moura has got zero in 16, none in 21 Premier League wow. games. Bergvine's got zero in nine. And Daddy Daddy's got one, which is a penalty in 14. So there's a lack of maybe creativity, which might lead, you know, these guys to score more goals. Um, where do you put Ndombele? Do you put Ndombele in a two with Hoibier? Or do you put him in a three Up top. where there's less running for him to do and he might find the spots that Delhi and Kane can run into. It seems like he's got to go midfield. It, like midfield's a massive problem. It seems it has to be. It has to be the band of two or the three. Either a two or, or if we play four, uh, four, three, three, he's got to go midfield or two in the midfield as well. I can't see. I mean, it, but the same argument that you'd put. Moussa Dembele in the front three would be the same argument you'd have for Ndombele. But I'd just like him to play in the middle of the midfield, just with someone who isn't completely fucking shit next to him. <laughs> just, just, just Kane up top, Delhi behind Kane. Delhi, Delhi, just give him the fucking freedom to go wherever he wants. And then that should theoretically, my dumbed down tactical awareness allow Ndombele to, to find that space because Delhi will be dragging people left, right and centre. I mean, yeah, on paper, it looks easy, doesn't it? But it obviously is not fucking easy, especially having to watch Tottenham at the minute is absolutely exhausting. Um, trying to watch them carve out a chance. We did it a couple of times in the first half against Everton, but I mean, come on, it should be like a given with, the, with some of these players that we've got, we should be able to do it organically, naturally, easily. We look at what, what Leeds did, away to the champions of England, not only just the champions of England, the the best Premier League winners that we've seen, right? No one can argue how good Liverpool are. They are the best side I've, I've ever seen in the Premier League. In my, actually, not in my opinion, and your two opinions. <laughs> Right, I'm I'm taking your thoughts <laughs> and, and perpetuating them as my own. Right, they are the best, and they went out there. They went to Anfield and they fucking gave it a go because they were expressive and they tried to impel, in in um, impose their will on the game in a way that we didn't. And I'm not saying we'll finish below Leeds. We probably won't because their yeah, advantageous way of playing will probably see their undoing. But it, you know it's. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see how it plays out towards the end of the season. Danny Rose, uh, this is according to the Athletic, uh, only found out he wasn't assigned a squad no- a squad number until after it had been made uh, public. Do you have any issue with that, T? Well, I mean, it's it's nuanced. He's been at the club what twelve, thirteen years. Probably deserves a little bit better than that. Maybe they should have just let him know because. As we said before, Mourinho says if you're not in favour, you will know. And based on all or nothing, it doesn't seem like Rose knows anything. He's not. I think he's been made to train of the youth team, and now this is a bit of a sad ending, really. Um, but it's a shame. Is it? Is it sad? It is a bit, yeah. Because um, fair enough, Rose is a divisive character, but I think he could have just taken him in and said, you know what, we're not going to give you a squad number. We're going to look to move you on. And nah, the bruv. fact they can't even tell him that is a bit bit shit. Nah, nah. Like, text his mum. Let his mum tell him. <laughs> well, I, I, if I was Jose Mourinho, I'd say to him, do you remember four years, five years ago when you had a toe injury and he was out for the season? That's why you ain't got a squad number. <laughs> Nothing to do with the interview. Nothing you, you being petulant. 
and and saying, oh, "I'm going to tell Daniel Levy off. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you off. I'm going to tell the grass on you for, to Daniel Levy because I haven't played a game in four weeks." Um, I get that all or nothing was uh, it is a, a puff piece. It, it doesn't mean a great. It isn't. Yeah, it's edited to, to fuck. But the fact is, what regardless of where it's edited, he said what he said. And he behaved in a way that seems like he he was obsessed with himself rather than his his contribution to the team. He's paid a massive amount of money, I think. And I know it sounds gammon. And I think I've made it clear over the last year that I'm fine to be called that. But it's like, like who cares when you found out you didn't have a squad? How? Why should you expect to have a squad number? You've been loaned out to Newcastle. You expected to go to Milan. It's clear that... That was never going to happen. You turned down Bournemouth. You've gone to Newcastle because you perceived them to be a bigger side. No, you've come back and, and, and what, to walk into the first team plans? No, no. Not in my opinion. Anyway, Spook, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's a bit brutal, but I, I, I kind of agree. It's a bit Tottenham as well, isn't it? Um, obviously, Danny and his interviews and he's just, he's honesty without, um, without maybe thinking about how he's going to project his opinion robbed certain people up the wrong way and, and this is probably Levy and Mourinho just, you know, fronting a bit, putting him into you know, into the corner. Sad times. Okay, uh Mourinho wants to sign Danny Ings, but a deal would be difficult to complete according to <laughs> This is what I mean. What the f- what the fuck kind of content is this? But the the bleacher report. Well it's the, ble- no, I know, the bleacher report is saying it's tra- It's like saying oh Spurs are gonna try and sign uh, a player, but they probably won't because they can't. Like what it it means nothing. Why is it a difficult <laughs> bit, how much is the player are worth? Are people to clicking on this? Bid the amount of money he's worth to the club and then What is he worth? I don't know. I mean Personally, 50? I wouldn't pay over fifty million quid for him, but uh, but they're that. Yeah, but fifty million pounds is a huge amount of money. But his credentials last season makes him worth that amount. So what what is this news story? I don't know. This is this is this is my point, mate. It's just another striker we're being linked to on top of all the other strikers. You know, I'd love genuine ITK on who we're really trying to sign because. Because in my head, I'm thinking we must have two or three targets and that is it. And that's what we're working towards. And everything else is just content fluff. It's clickbait. It's people not really knowing what we're doing, not really having an idea. They're hearing whispers from agents, maybe. They're hearing whispers from other club insiders at other clubs. They're trying to piece together the... I don't don't care. It's all noise until social media posts an announcement that we've signed someone. And that's when it. That's yeah. that's when it when it when it matters. Would I take Danny Ings at the minute? I'd fucking take you, Flav, coming on as backup to Harry yeah. right now because at least it's something. Huh? If I had a significant social media profile, maybe Spurs would sign yeah, me because they've signed Alex Morgan. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. god. <laughs> fucking hell! Do you know what the biggest fucking <laughs> like insult to all this shit, right? The biggest insult to this is Alex Morgan is signed, and Alex Morgan, if you don't know it, and I didn't know, but he, she's like top three. She's like Neymar, Messi, Ronaldo kind of levels in in women's football. So we we've signed her. As Spurs women's side has signed her, which is an amazing thing. Have you looked at her Twitter profile? No. 
Not a single acknowledgement of the fact that she signed for Spurs. It doesn't say anything about us at all. She hasn't tweeted for two days. So, like, is this a thing? Is it? Is this... Like, she... She's like incredible. She's done amazing things. She she hasn't tweeted about signing for Spurs. No no um, scarfs up. No 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 uh, shirts. She's no, bigger than I top, can't wait. Mate. She's bigger than Spurs. She is. She clearly is. is it, what what like in t- for people that don't know what uh, what is the comparison? Like is it like in terms of the women's game? Is it is it like signing Ronaldo or Messi? Is it that big T? Oh, you asked me like I watch loads of women's football. She's one of the biggest players you... in the world. I'm not going to compare it to a men's footballer. She's one of the bigger players in the world, massive profile. She's got more followers than Spurs on um, social media, so it's a big, it's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, so just give us a, give us a little at or something. Like, give, give the football club an at. <laughs> help, help. If we've signed you and it's uh, like a market employee, then at least give us an at on the Twitter, mate. She's, Come on. She's going she's gonna to do a follow Friday at this end of the week. <laughs> now, what she'll do in two Two years time should do a throwback Friday, uh, throwback Thursday. Minutes, <laughs> Remember that time I signed for Spurs. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So Danny Ings has not come in. Uh, Danny Rose is upset. Napoli have reduced their asking price for Arkandiz Milic. How do you say? How do you just say Milic? His first name. Do you know that? Yeah, we've had this conversation already. Arkadius. What, 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 so why are you mugging me off in front of my pals? <laughs> because you refuse to pronounce his name properly. I don't refuse, I just don't I know. fucking do it phonetically in future. Arcadius Milik. Milik. Oh, mate, seriously, he's not signing, it doesn't matter. All right, Arcadius Milik. He's, he's, he's signing for, for Spurs, 25 million, we won't pay. Uh, Spurs have offered the striker 5 million pound per year ahead, ahead of signing the pre-contract in January. However, Daniel Levy could still pressure... Napoli to sell for even cheaper this summer. <laughs> Do you know, like Daniel Levy, right? He's, you know, like most of us, we've, we've had a we've had a gram of gear, haven't we? Right, and it's four a.m. in the morning, and you're watching some horrible stuff, and you're slowly nursing your floppy into the camera of your your laptop, and we're generally watching the worst kind of pornography. Daniel Levy is just trying to get to, to nurse out of the oozing. Uh, mess from the end of his penis is lower transfer fees. Fucking <laughs> hell. So that's probably... Do you reckon we'll get him on here to interview him? Who, Levy? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, after that. Yeah. No, all right. Maybe no, the impersonator. Uh, reluctant Nico, uh, who's a journo, uh, apparently. Uh, Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth Joe, uh, Josh King remains a target for Spurs. I just think it's like these agents are just just kind of putting things out there and putting our linking our clubs to them so they can kind of have a bit of a bidding war, you know. Because um, what, he what, wasn't what? even in the squad last week, um, Josh King. So fuck knows. Nor was Nor was Milic. Nor was Milic. So who knows? Uh, yeah. So this is this is this. I love the transfer window. Uh, transfer rumors of players that I've never heard of, and nor should I, because I'm not well versed in in um, foreign stuff. Or, or, well, all of football, really. Yeah, foreign stuff generally, but but anything to do with football, I'm not well versed in. But Spurs are unlikely to sign Crystal Palace striker Alexander Sorloff. Is that right? Yeah, the Norwegian. Is it? Did I pronounce the surname? I right? don't know. I hope he did. 
Okay, good. Uh, yeah, so uh, apparently we're not we're not allowed to sign him because <laughs> that according to the Daily Mail. So uh, we'll leave it there. Yeah, because um, uh, so their, their chairman said that we were in talks with them, and they asked Mourinho about him at the press conference, and Mourinho was being a bit kind of evasive when when asked about it. And I guess today they've said it's not going to happen. So Sorloff is someone that was laughed at by Neil Warnock. You know, think he said he was complete shit when he was at Crystal Palace. And he's gone to um, Turkey and scored like over 20 goals in a season. So he's just a massive unit, basically. Just like another, another Juventus. Good. Uh, Seamus Hart, uh, these are the questions, says, do you accept that uh, you have ever happily bought into propaganda with the documentary? Uh, if it was this season, the Everton game wouldn't have made the edit. That's true. Instead, Tom Hardy's voice would say, after a disappointing vo- <laughs> after a disappointing start to the season, the team picked themselves up with a win at Bulgaria. <laughs> um, he, he, mate, he's nailed on there. I, I want to hear from both of you right now in terms of, um, did, have you been affected or did you drink, drink the Kool-Aid of the All or Nothing documentary? Be honest, like it, it, I did massively and I, and I continue to. But do you feel like you've been affected positively or negatively by this documentary? Start with you, speak. Yeah, positively. Just because as as much as you can sit down and say it's been edited and they're not going to show certain things and they're going to make certain people look um, uh, good on camera. I mean, Levy and his random walks into the canteen and those awkward moments where he's sat in the canteen with Mourinho and they're just talking small talk about football. You know, that's probably the only time I've actually cringed throughout all of it. It is a bit of propaganda. They're never going to make a documentary. They're going to mic the club off. The club would never approve of any of that. Um, and the reality is there's probably not that much in there that could mug off a club. This is just a team that's trying to win games and players that are trying to get fit to play. Um, I have drank all the Kool-Aid when, it, when it's come to the actual players. Like the ep that I just watched had uh, Delhi and Dyer. Um, and I won't say anything more for people that haven't watched it yet. But you may as well. Again, they have an argument, and I'm like, oh fuck, maybe they've not been friends for a long time. Maybe this is this is why you don't really see them together, like the the bromance that we 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 kind of knew back in the day. And afterwards, they're they're at someone's um, residence, uh, and they're 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 on the PlayStation, and these delis feeding. Dyer, some, I don't know, jelly babies or crisps or whatever it is. Haribo's giant straws. You've got to get these things right. <laughs> you and your notepad, man. I've got notepad details to remind <laughs> me. But um, it, then you realise, no, fuck, the, 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 these players actually fucking care. Those moments were raw. They weren't scripted. They didn't give a fuck about the cameras and about Amazon after that game, when they're sat in the dressing room and Delhi's having a go, he's, he's, he's blowing off steam and he's saying the same shit every every time. And it's just raw emotion. And that's what I fucking like seeing because we often say that these, these millionaire footballers don't give a fuck and don't try. And sometimes we look at them on the pitch, like the Everton game, and we think, what the fuck are they doing? They don't care. They're not trying. But maybe there's more to it. Maybe the, the psychology part of the game is, is the bit that we tend to skip over. We just assume they're all built for it and they can all get on with it and they're paid professionals and they should be playing at a certain level all of the time and they should never dip in form and blah, blah, blah. So in those moments, propaganda or not, I, I just uh, completely... I'm, I'm, I love the fact that I've got to see this. Regardless of the fact that we don't win anything, 
and it ends and that's it. It's it, it's it's just made me appreciate what these players go through, regardless of the fact they are earning a shitload of money um, and can have a bad day at the office and then go to training the next day and do it all over again. What be what, what about you, T? I wouldn't say I completely drank the Kool Aid. I was kind of um, lukewarm on uh, Mourinho, and I didn't hate him or particularly love him. But it is a thing of beauty that people are angry that other people enjoy something. Oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, you love Mourinho. Oh, what's the fuck? What's the issue of me loving the manager of my fucking club? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, well, Mourinho might I mean, what, six weeks from now, he might get the sack. I mean, if he loses against Plovdiv, League Cup, and he continues to lose games, he might get the sack. Oh, T, you said six weeks ago, you don't mind Mourinho. Well, look, I was happy in that moment. Why don't you just let me be happy in that moment? Why does it affect, how does it affect anyone else's life in any way? <laughs> How I enjoy something. How about that? How about fucking that? Uh, I love that. Let me be happy in my moment. If I'm really excited about the future of my football club, even if I'm being um, naive, let let me be happy. Whenever whenever we do this podcast and and we say stuff that is overtly positive, we don't need to be true. We don't need to be telling the truth. And I, I think most of us are. Whenever I spoke... I have spoken over the last nine years. I feel like I've been honest. I'm not talking bullshit just for the sake of it. I'm I'm trying to attain a level of self-content, a level of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. And I do that sometimes by talking shit on a on on, on this podcast. But there's like if I am and I get it wrong, don't dig me out for it. It's not it's not my fault. But, but look at it's look, like I'm just another way. What happens to me? If I pick up the, the documentary and Mourinho gets sacked in a couple of months, what happens to me? I don't die. I don't lose my job. I don't lose my mortgage, my house, my car, my family. I just got something wrong on the internet. I mean, it's nothing. <laughs> it's irrelevant. Yeah, it is. It is. And, like, it, you know, if it was the case that we were going to be shot, like if it, if it was the, the Moscow trials or, <laughs> or, or shit that's happening in, 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 uh, in World War II where the shit you say has genuine consequence then this podcast wouldn't be anywhere near as emotive and interesting as we hope it, it could be. Yeah. So, all right, we've said a lot of stuff. I have. I've said a lot of stuff about Mourinho and drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid. It was great. Loads of fucking... The, is it the Manson family? Was it mm. the Mansons? The Mansons? Yeah. They drunk, drunk the Kool-Aid? They oh, no, drunk no, it no. because they thought... That, was it was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, another massacre I was talking about. <laughs> the, the, the Brian's Jonestown massacre. There was this settlement in uh, in uh, it doesn't matter. The details don't matter. But it was this place in in America. They decided to to separate themselves in in in, in search of some sort of religious enlightenment, and it ended up with the FBI attacking their compound because. Um, because because they thought they had arms, they thought they had guns, and they they knew they had guns, and they they said like if you don't you know release your massive arsenal, then uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna, we're gonna fuck your shit up, uh, and that's what the FBI did. They fucked fucked the, that cult shit up, and it probably was was a good thing. And I'm not saying people should come to uh, the fighting cock offices when we ever have one again after COVID and, and kill us all. I'm just saying that sometimes the Kool Aid seems like the best thing. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. No, not at all. I mean, it would be lovely if everything I said came to pass and was right. Um, 
I don't believe I did drink the Kool-Aid. I think it did probably make us forget how bad we were in patches last season, for me, personally. Um, but one thing I did kind of pick up from the latter episode, it's not really a spoiler, was that it felt like Mourinho was just saying, press, press, this, that, and the other. And it didn't feel like the team were responding to him. And mm. you know, there's every chance that these players will get another another manager the, the sack. So we'll see. Okay, last, the final question before we finish. Uh, o White at Foot on Twitter, he says, uh, would you tolerate a negative Mourinho giving analysis after each of your sexual performances for a year, <laughs> i.e. he turns up in the room, gives you both the lowdown <laughs> before he leaves, if it meant we won the Europa League? Or the league, if he gets to sub you for Sissoko, so um, either he gives you analysis on your fa- f- you know failings as a as a lover, or uh, we win the league, and he gets to sub in Sissoko. So any minute you're like you're not doing it for a bring in Musa Sissoko, would you take any of these things? I think I'd take the first one. I'd, I'd happy for Jose Mourinho to break break my sexual performance down analytically. I think that'd be a good thing. Huh? Tactics board. Yeah, yeah. Just say that you got to do this. You got, you got. But when you're naked and you're a missionary, you just get those like two little eggs in a eggs in a in a blanket up and down. Just keep pumping, and then eventually she'll be all right. I think that's what you'd say to me. I'm all, keep pumping. I'm all right with getting subbed. I'll just go fire up the PlayStation for more more time oh. with the, the the controller downstairs. Let's see how I get on that's... with it. It's a bit bleak, isn't it? I've gone fully poised. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't, because he'd be the, most men would be screaming at uh, Jose Mourinho for not bringing in Sissoko earlier. <laughs> Too slow. Why didn't you bring him in when we yeah, when we had, we had that first glass of wine? Why didn't you bring him in then? Um, T, any response to that before we finish? Oh, spooky. I'll take it. Right. What about if if it was you it, it was replacing your lover with Sissoko? So you, or Steve you Hitchin, that'd be funnier. Well, he would do nothing. Yeah, but you, really. you, you, your lover gets replaced with Steve Hitchin, and you've got a pound away. A pound away at Steve Hitchin. I hope he listens to this podcast. I'm sure you he, he, he won't. Anyway, that's <laughs> been the Fighting God podcast. I hope we found some way to alleviate the misery of being a Spurs fan right now. And uh, I want to thank Spooky and Felonious Filth for joining us once again. This has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Fuck your mum. Fuck your mum. <laughs> thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. 
Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.